Welcome to Box Braids and Bundles, where every episode you will get a three-strand twist of authenticity, motivation, and relatability. Hey y'all, how are you? Hey, what's up? Hey guys. How's life been? Life has been wow. Life has been crazy. The same. I'm drowning. I concur. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so we didn't release an episode, like, the last two weeks, so this is our first episode since March, I think, Um, but you know what's crazy? I'm so glad that everything happened the way that it did, not that I didn't want Um, to release any new content or anything but literally that Wednesday that everything happened that you know that we didn't release an episode that's Mm -hmm. when everything happened with my uncle yes so I I mean we wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to promote you know the episode as much as I you know would have hoped to because I mean that whole week rest of the week was just like craziness Wow. Yeah, life for me these last two weeks have been um they've been a little crazy. Um, I guess with, with school it's almost the summertime, so it's just that time of the year and then um just kind of I don't even want to call it a midlife crisis, but I mean, wherever I am in life, <laughs> I'm I feel like I'm in a crisis. So I've just been trying to power through the um, the days, trying to figure things out. What's next? I've been in a quarter life crisis for like the last three years, um, but this last month has been insane. Um, my work schedule changed, so I'm working overnight now, but the rest of my life happens in the daytime. So I am literally a zombie Most of the time, including right now, I'm trying to keep my eyes open (laughs) to get through this episode. Um, But yeah, it's just been nonstop and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I think it's a good note to bring up that we're all going through our Saturn return right now. (laughs) So... It may not be a midlife crisis, but it is a adult life crisis. I mean, it's close. So your midlife crisis is like your second Saturn return. Mm-hmm. So because you have, I think, three in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Some people, I mean, I don't know anybody who lives older than like 120 or something. like. <laughs> but I think it's so I think this is the first one or the first one may have been like like around 16 or 18 I don't know but (laughs) (laughs) that sounds about right (laughs) this is the second one so the last from like 28 to I think 30 and then your next one is your your midlife crisis so I think like 45 50 or something like that um so yeah and then I think the last one is like around your 80s 70s 80s or something like that I don't know. Look it up. But yes, 
So what you're saying, this is normal. For sure. Yeah, it's normal. Um, And we're all in it right now. So that's that's why all of our lives are just crazy. But see, for me, I choose to rebuke that. Um, I only want to allow the good changes, <laughs> not the crazy bad things that, you know, the Saturn return brings. But honestly, like when everything happened with my uncle, I was like, okay, this is going to be a different transition for me within the next few years because that news I don't get news like that it like made me realize okay Sierra like shit about to shake like for the for the good and the bad because you know it's a you coming of age so prayers for everyone that's out there right now in their Saturn return <laughs> we feel you said it's, it's over at 30 I need 30 to come on I got a year and a half. Oh, uh, we definitely didn't want to come back after being gone for so long without mentioning everything that's going on with the George Floyd case. Um, me personally, I did not watch the um I didn't watch the court proceedings and I didn't watch the video. Like I've never watched the video of George Floyd's killing. I just can't like, I I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Philando Castile. Um, at that point I was like, okay, I cannot, I cannot do this ever. Like I can't watch people die. That's just not something that I can let in my psyche. Um, so I've never watched the video. Um, but I did watch the verdict. I did. Um, I did watch everything that followed. So I watched like the family and their um, announcements and their speeches and stuff. Um, I watched all of that. Did y'all watch like the case and stuff? I didn't watch the case. And I also, I'm, I don't like to watch those videos either. So I didn't watch the video when the murder took place. I mean, obviously the things that circulated on social media, I kind of seen like little glimpses of everything, um, but not the entire, you know, nine minutes of the video. I watched the family's reaction when the verdict um, happened, but that was kind of it. Um, and then, you know, everybody else was posting on social media and talking, you know, they're giving their opinion, sharing their thoughts. Um, but to me, everything was kind of heavy, <laughs> you know, it was like relief, but heavy. Yeah, I agree. Leading up to the verdict and all of that, like even being at work, knowing in the back of my mind that it was coming, um, like being at work was kind of like, it was rough for me because I had that in the back of my, like, in my mind, like, okay, what's going to happen? You know, how's, what is going to, how, um, what's the verdict going to be and how everybody's going to react? And what if the verdict is not what, you know, the outcome that we would have liked and how would, what would the next day feel like? Um, so I did actually watch the entire video when he was murdered. And of course, it, it's very heavy. Like I did cry. Like that man called out for his mom, who was not alive. But that's what his reaction was: was to call out for her. It was, um, again, extremely heavy. I 
did miss the trial. Um, I saw the verdict via Twitter. I think I was out or at work or something. I was out and I missed it live. So I just watched the videos and I just want to clarify first that it is not to correct you or anything, Sierra, but it's not like the George Floyd, George Floyd trial. It is Derek Chauvin who was on trial. George Floyd was never on trial. Um, but I kind of had mixed feelings. I know that sounds kind of weird. I was expecting the verdict that we always get with cases like this. So when it came out that um, he was found guilty on all three counts, of course, I was happy like for the family um, that he got his justice. But at the same time, I was like, are, are they just making like an example out of him or trying to like shut us up as a movement or a people? Like here, we gave y'all one and that's it. Because like immediately after that, we got the news of, Micaiah Bryant. And so it was like up and down all day long. Like right. we were waiting on the verdict. I was expecting bad news. We got good news. And then we turn around and get bad news again. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> yeah. And then to me, it's like, yeah, you, you guys found him guilty. But what is the sentencing? Are y'all going to give him the maximum or the minimum or somewhere in between? So it's just like, yeah, you know, I mean, yes celebrate you have accountability um but still is he going to be free in a couple years and then just go back to policing I think with all three charges the max is like 80 years because he got second degree murder third degree and second degree manslaughter I believe Mm -hmm. I know he got a manslaughter and two murders Mm -hmm. so I mean, I personally don't believe that they're going to give him the max. There's no way. Right. There's no way that they're going to give him the max for anything. He's probably going to get like 20, 25 years, in my opinion. I mean, hey, they can, you know, shock me, please. Mm-hmm. I, can t- I can take some sh- some shock like that. Please do that. But I don't think I don't think that that they're going to give him the max. Mm mm. I actually was watching um, MSNBC and they had uh, Freddie Gray's mom on on there doing an interview right after the verdict. And she was saying how when something like that happens to someone's child. So say, you know, your child is unlawfully shot by the, the police in your area or your state or whatever all the moms that have been affected by that, they'll reach out to you. They become like your support system. And I was just like, that's insane that there's like a support group for moms that, you know what I'm saying? That have been yeah. affected by this. And so she, that's what she was talking about, how she reaches out to the moms and she um, talks them through it because there's a, there's stages of grief that they go through when, um, something like that happens to their child. So Rachel Maddow was doing mm-hmm. the interview and I lo- I like Rachel Maddow. Okay. I like her. She's on the good side, but she is still a white woman and still being a white woman. She asks this lady, this mom, she says, how do you find the strength 
to reach out to someone else's someone else in the same predicament that you were in to give, you know, to give to make them feel uplifted. How do you do that? Because I I couldn't imagine doing that. And I felt like so bad for Freddie Gray's mom because she was looking at her like, what do you mean? Like, this is what black women do. This is what we have to do. We don't have a choice to to fall and crumble like a like a lot of white women do. We don't have that that privilege. That's a privilege. Mm-hmm. That's and in our nature. Yeah. That's just our nature. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we don't pull each other up out of the out of the, the darkness, who else is who gonna do it? Mm-hmm. Y'all killing our men. So I don't I don't I don't know what else I I mean it was just I can I she was coming from a good place she genuinely did not know and it's just crazy how we there's a different type of just like a a suck it up that we have Mm -hmm. that we have to do it's just unfortunate what I didn't know from the trial I didn't realize that he was already dead three minutes before Derek got off his neck. Wow. So if he doesn't get the maximum, I mean, like everyone was saying, like, was this really justice? Because was it, it hadn't even been a week yet since the trial. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've already, they've already created laws or whatever for Asian hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was this something to say, okay, well, we, we know we did this Speedy Gonzalez fast for these people. So let's pacify these people right here because we know we ain't never going to give them nothing like this. I mean, right. they got, they one and done. Let's just do this so this so this don't piss them off. We couldn't even get an right. anti-lynching bill. Lynching. <laughs> and I... It's this may be my personal experience um, and it may be something I need to seek therapy for. But sometimes being around white people is so unbearable, Um, especially where I live and work. It's kind of heavily conservative. Mm -hmm. I know we have a handful of uh, white female listeners and I'm not saying this from a place of like attacking but a place of like education y'all really gotta like think about what you say before it comes out of your mouth especially when it comes to something you have never experienced and I have gotten into it with a few people because of what comes out of their mouth and again I need to like work on myself as well but when it comes to conversations with white women like the microaggressions that you ladies spew out without realizing is is unbearable like I I'm trying to figure out how to put my words together without sounding hateful but I work with I'll say if I have to divide it up I work with about 80, 85% of like die hard Trump supporters. So you can only imagine the conversations I hear when it comes to 
of course, politics, but like um, Black Lives Matter, it's draining almost. And even if you don't agree with the movement, like the organization, because they have done some shady stuff. Um, Even the moms of victims have said that these organizers have been shady. But when I speak on Black Lives Matter, I'm not talking about those individuals who organize and get money and do whatever they do with it. I'm just literally talking about Black Lives Mattering. That's it. And I don't think they can separate. They can. They can separate. They don't want to. They don't want to. Yeah. They don't want to. Um, White women, please get it together. Y'all, my mom the other day said she went to the store and this guy, it was a white guy, and she said he had on a like some positive shirt. And my mom's like a pretty positive person. So she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I like your shirt. And he told her, oh, just know um, I didn't vote for Biden. Just know I didn't vote for Biden. And my mom was like, I just commented on your shirt. Like, Nothing was political, nothing. So it's like, and then she said he tried to like fix it. it was like, oh, uh, well, you know, have a good day. <laughs> a lot of them have, have not experienced a reaction to racism like this. So now they are dead set on defending it. So you can't say hi, Barbu, without, you know, any any retaliation about politics it just anything. Right. And I, I just feel, I, I feel pity. I feel pity on them because it's so stupid and it makes you a really stupid person. And when you die and you get to heaven, God is asking you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why you. That was nice of you. When you get to heaven. <laughs> Girl, they're going to no, hell. because I feel like you have to go there first and get sent down. Because you have to because t- God, I, I'm I feel like God literally has to make you feel like an idiot first, then send you down. You go but, to them gates and he's gonna send you right on to God. <laughs> they're gonna get to the gate. And the gate attendant gonna be like, "No, you know, you took <laughs> just gonna the pull wrong up your file. Go ahead <laughs> no, and press but, that down button. No, but like, I really feel like God like has to ask them like, what made you think that I created all, all people, but I I said not like these people. Like, that, does is that smart to you? Does that did that make any sense to you? Oh, it doesn't. It it does it now. Oh, it's too late. Bye. So that's how like how <laughs> that's how I think it is. It happens. But regardless of where people go, it's stupid and it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And um, a lot of them have no lives. They have no sense of belonging. They have no culture. So they have created this to resemble that. And it's just dark. It's 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 evil, and it's in their bloodline. So I just feel like evil like that—that's that deeply rooted—is passed down through generations. Y'all gonna have mm-hmm. to work it out. So I was watching the coverage before the verdict, and this white man, um, like the the anchor, kind of was going around the crowd, just kind of asking everyone why they were there. This white man, he he stopped and asked this white man. He was like, you know, why are you here? 
And the man was just like, and, and, and I, he was coming from a really good place. He was like, I, you know, I, he, he had a Black Lives Matter mask. Okay. Um, he said, you know, I just really want to, want it to be a part of this today. I, I, I want to know, you know, how to help. I don't know how to help. Um, this is history. Um, he was just saying, I have privilege that I have as a white man that other people don't have. And I, I don't know about it. I don't know what to do about it. Um, I actually Googled it today. <laughs> and, you know, I was so I was like, it's so many resources out there for you to see what your people have done to create something like this. It's so many resources. Do you know the age that we had to sit down as black kids and watch race movies? Mm -hmm. Like, do you know how some of these movies that they've created that are based on a true story about things that have happened during Jim Crow, during slavery, those will never leave us. Why haven't you not? Why don't you see this? Why are your parents not teaching you this? How come y'all's kids don't have to see this? Because you could have people who did it were a part of it. A lot of you do. Right. <laughs> a lot of y'all do. And you know you do. But y'all be trying to like not talk about it. Oh, it didn't happen. Oh, keep it a family secret. But it's just like our kids, because my kid, I'm gonna have to do the same for my kids too now. Shit, since mm -hmm. you know, it seems like this ain't going nowhere. It's only getting worse and recreating itself into different things. So I'm gonna have to sit my kids down and do the same thing that my mama had to do and sit me down at like nine to watch Mississippi's burning. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. every summer having to to watch all of roots what is that mm -hmm. as a child these are things that we had to see and know because these are my like i know my mom didn't want to show me that movie but she mm -hmm. had to right there was really no other way for her to convey that that those kind of things happened to us recently because Mississippi's right. burning is 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 based in the 60s. So it's just hard. It's hard. That's another thing um, when it comes to conversations with white people. Um, they'll talk about how slavery was over 200, 400, whatever, many years ago. And I'm like, okay, slavery was a long time ago. But like racism never went like anywhere. Um, and I was I was having a conversation with a coworker um, for what we do at work. Um, we have to go into patients' rooms. Before we go into the room, we can see all their demographics. We can see name, age, um, race, all of that. And when we have patients that are like older, like in their late 80s, early 90s, sometimes 100 or over, I'll hesitate before I go into a room because I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what kind of life that older, let's say it's an older white person. I don't know what kind of life they had. I don't know how they're going to receive me as a black person. And there have been coworkers who have black coworkers who have gone into the room of an older white person and that person refused to talk to them because they were black. Like it's still happening. 
it has not gone anywhere. And there are people who are ignorant to all of it. Like they think black people are just like crying oppression all the time mm-hmm. for no reason. And it's not for no reason. It just doesn't happen to you. And because it doesn't happen to you, it doesn't exist to you. Mm-hmm. Again, annoying. White people, get it together. <laughs> I just hope that with this verdict, they're trying to pass the George Floyd Policing Act. They've already written it up. It's already passed in the House. They're they're hoping that it passes in the Senate, but I really do hope it does. It, you know, some of the the people some of the senators won't won't vote for it and we we know that but something needs to be done we're tired everyone's tired this is this is old this is stupid and useless it's pointless there needs to be reform there did you know because me and my husband were like sitting there trying to figure out how much training police officers get they recommend 16 weeks the country recommend 16 weeks the lowest is like the mississippis of the world and they're at 13 weeks 13 weeks 13 weeks that's all it takes 16 recommended wow that's all it takes that ain't shit that ain't nothing hell it take longer to be an ultrasound tech okay (laughs) true and shit, we have to get trained every year. We take three, what, three, as a teacher, we get, what, three weeks or two weeks to be trained, retrained on the same stuff. But we have to do it. It's mandatory. <laughs> like, what in the world? That's why it's happening. Just they letting any and everybody in. Mm-hmm. You ain't got, you, you can get through that hell in the summertime. Let me go ahead and get my police in in the summertime. Go ahead and get it on over with. Shit, by the fall, I'm going to be a cop. Like, what? There's usually like a certain personality that wants to be a cop as well. And that's a problem. Um, Jericho, I don't know if you ever saw it, but like going to Sam, a criminal justice school, um, there Mm -hmm. were individuals like that I saw like graduate and then couple of years later, like when I was a freshman, they were in school. Um, and then a couple of uh, years later, I ran into them as like police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one particular lady. I don't remember her name. I could tell she just wanted to feel powerful. And she used policing to do that to the point where her policing like made no sense. Like there was an incident, um, at the Walmart in Huntsville and she came the wrong way down a one way and like customers were yelling at her and she was like, you need to get in your car. I'm doing my job, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, you're about to cause like more problems. We can't go this way because of traffic and you have this blocked off. Where do we go? Like we're blocked in. And instead of saying, oh, yes, you're right. Let me move my squad car out of the way so I don't cause more problems. She decided to, like, yell at people. Like, look at what you're look at what you're doing. And then she came. We were at a house party 
Um, and she came and like made everybody line up and sit down while they went through the apartment looking for drugs. There was an older cop. It was a white gentleman as well. And he was like, he did find some drugs um, on the guys that were throwing the party. He was like, look, guys, y'all just flush it and we can leave y'all alone. This lady was trying to take people to jail. She was looking wow. for any and everything. And at the time, my dad was still um, on the police force. So I was telling my friends around me like what to do because my dad has like laced me up on how to interact with the police. Because he knows how they act. Shoot, he and worked think, for one of the worst, uh, <laughs> the worst PDs in Texas, baby. Baby. Uh, but like, I think for that's one of the worst. That's something to say in itself. Like, my dad, who was on the police force, telling me to avoid police if I can. Just stay mm -hmm. away from it. And if you do interact with them, you either say this, this, and this, or you say nothing. And you wait until I can get there or I can speak to somebody or I can make a few, a few phone calls. But I just say all that to ask y'all, how do y'all feel about police in general? And what do you think should be done? Um, for me, I guess growing up, I've always had um, like a negative connotation with police only because... Um, I did have like family family members who obviously went well not obviously but who went through you know jail and all that so I always had like a a negative connotation towards police but like as I'm growing up and like really realizing and recognizing like the um like how police brutality has been um what's the word I don't want to say amplified I guess What's the word? Recorded, because it's, it's recorded. Been the same always. It's, it's just yeah, it's been recorded. You see it and put it in front of our faces. It just kind of makes me like be on edge. Like I know, like I have, I have a cousin. Uh, she's a police officer. I have a friend who's also a police officer. I have some guy friends who are police officers. Um, and so like I know that there are good police officers who actually police. However, like. If I'm walking past a police officer, I feel a certain type of way, like in my gut. Um, and I'm just like, okay, let me just get past, like just walking past them. They can say, hi, hey, how you doing? Good morning, whatever, anything. But just walking past them, I have this feeling, like this gut feeling. And it's not a good one. Um, I agree. I feel like with police officers, there's always a heightened level of aggression with them okay even like for example when they're trying to give you a ticket say if they're trying to give you a ticket right say you're going 57 and a 50 right and it's like four of y'all y'all are all going you're speed you're like speeding or whatever you're going 57 the cop will literally make his car look like y'all are playing mario kart to get behind you and pull you over. Like, it's so aggressive. I've never really had a fear of them until recently. Um, I feel like some of them wear it as a badge of honor to be, to be a cop and have that fear. I blame that a lot on the male ego 
because even some black cops will try it. The male ego needs a lot of checking, period, point Mm -hmm. in the blank. You cannot let it go unchecked for long because when you let it go unchecked, regardless of who it is, when you let it go unchecked, it it starts. You just, that's when you get, get somebody who is wilding out all the time. It's the male ego um, coupled with racism. But I just kind of feel like the training is below piss poor. There is, so you mean to tell me somebody that has to drive, that has to drive defensively, somebody that has to know how to operate a gun, somebody that has to know how to de-escalate situations and use their critical thinking skills for discernment on different situations, somebody that has to know how to protect themselves in like a shootout or something or whatever, a violent situation, somebody that has to know how to protect protect other people in that type of situation somebody that has to know exactly what you've done in a situation that was offensive or that kind of um like that counts as like a charge or something someone who has to know different things about drugs um alcohol so you mean to tell me that they can learn all of that in 13 weeks hmm like hell no no they can't learn that in 16 weeks i would be i would be shocked if they can learn it in a year but i'd rather take that over 16 weeks so i just really i i really hope that the government would go back and create a standard for all districts and not let the states choose how long they want to have their schools, how long each city want to do their their schooling programs. And they also need a stronger like mental test because I know they have mm-hmm. like the uh, psychological tests. They need a stronger one. I don't care if it reduces the amount of people that you can accept. They need a stronger one because some of these people are crazy as hell. Mm-hmm. I know somebody, I used to talk to somebody who is now a cop. His ass is crazy. (laughs) Why the hell? How did he pass that test? He is insane. He gave me the heebie-jeebies. Like, so how could, how is he a cop now? So I I just, it's just, it's all bad. I personally do not believe there are good cops. I believe there are good people who are police officers, but there are not any good cops. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the video. It happened back in December um, where two police officers stopped like a lieutenant and he drove to like a gas station, a well-lit area. um, And they ended up like, like macing him. And he was explaining like why he did what he did. He had a dog in the back. He was like, hey, can you check on him? I just want to know what's going on. Um, One of the cops did, like you could tell he wanted to say something because that other guy was wilding, but he didn't like, he didn't stop him at all. So things like that happen. And that's why I don't believe that there are good cops. And even if they were to change the, the training at this point, there are so many bad cops that would be grandfathered in. And not have to do it that 
we would get nowhere with that. I saw a TikTok that was like, um, it was a fake dialogue where somebody was saying like the police are here to protect and serve. And um, she was explaining that they're not. There was something that happened some years back. And I wish I would have researched this more. This freaking work schedule is driving me nuts. Um, where the police are not required to protect and serve. If the police do stop and help you, that's out of like goodwill. It's not because they're like required to. Um, and then you'll see like online, you'll see police in other countries where their cars are like clearly marked. Um, you can see them clearly and they are there to help people. Yes, they combat crime and find criminals and all that. But if somebody needs help, they step in and you can clearly see there's an officer there, 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 and there, and there. I feel safe. Here, the police will set your ass up. Like, mm. you'll be driving down the highway. It looks like a regular charger. You don't see no paint, no lights, no nothing. Until you hit that angle and you see the reflective. Reflector. It's a ghost yeah. map. You'll see that, like, <laughs> what? If I did need help, I wouldn't know you were right there. Or like you'll be driving somewhere and they're hiding in the bushes. Like, why are you trying mm -hmm. to catch me speeding? Go solve a murder and get out yeah. of my face. And like, um, it's it's become more terrifying in my adult years. Like a couple of years ago, I got a ticket and he comes up to the window and his hand is already like on his weapon. And I get that they do that for their protection because I have 5% tent. You can't see who I am or what I have. I get it. But you as a trained police officer and me as a civilian, I see that I'm already scared. You're asking me for license and proof of insurance. I don't want to reach for nothing. I don't know how jumpy you are. Mm -hmm. So um, when he asked me for it, I was like, well, it is, it's in my glove box. Can I reach for it? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, well, I do also have a weapon in there because I didn't want to open it. And then like he see it and then because my um, my insurance card like literally sits under it. My glove box mm -hmm. is kind of small. Um, so I was like, hey, there's a weapon in there. Um, my insurance card is underneath it. Um, I'm not licensed, but you in Texas, like you don't have to have a license to have it in your vehicle um, for self-protection. But like I had, I explained all of that before I even moved over because I didn't know what he was going to do or what his thought process is. And for me, that's like a problem. Even with that, um, what's that Philando Castile? Where like he was explaining that he was licensed mm -hmm. and that police officer shot him up in front of his baby. In front of his baby. In front of his baby. Like there's no fixing that. You can't fix that. Yeah. I mean, I got rid of a car because I got three tickets in less than a year. And the last one, the last ticket I got is what made me get rid of the car. It wasn't necessarily because of, you know, getting tickets. Now, half of it was. But let me tell you. So y'all know where I live. Mm -hmm. And y'all know on the highway, like, that starts with a three. <laughs> before, before you kind of get to my street at night. Y'all know how dark it is mm -hmm. on that, on that like little part. So like I was on the other side, 
where it's like by the lake and it's like nothing but trees. So it was pitch black. So I'm driving and y'all, he's in the median with his, with no lights on. Mm -hmm. And so when, like when I got like right up on him, he like turns on all his lights in his car and I swerved like, like I almost wow. like swerved into the into the trees because it scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And when he gets to the car, I was so shaken up when he got to the car. I was like, I was like, I, I was like, how fast? Like, I was like, I wasn't even going fast. I, I asked him, I was like, how fast did you clock me? And he was just like, over 65. I said, no, no, how fast? Over 65. I said, okay. Hmm. you know you know what you in this car can go to hell y'all can both go to hell so <laughs> i got rid of the little car and i haven't had to deal with them since thank god knock on wood because i i can't but it's just people shouldn't be this scared for routine stuff like you shouldn't be this shaken up for routine stuff but they've created this environment that's just like i don't know i like Tracy said that there's no fixing it. I really don't think there, there is either. Um, but I feel like they have to do something at least. I don't know. Did you hear, um, it happened last year in like the height of the protest. I want to say it was the New York city, like police chief. He was talking about like the attack on police. And this man said, Y'all are treating us like black people. Wow. What? Like, what? Wow. And if you can make a statement like that, what does that say about how you treat black people as a force? Like, how do you say something like that and not see that you're the problem? Because mm. they don't care because they originated from slave catchers. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's that's like when I say when I said that racism is in the blood of like white people that's what I mean like you have to consciously change things or they're going to just repeat themselves like it's that's just who they have been from the mm -hmm. the start of them so I mean no one has tried to make anything better no one has tried to reform when they could have, when it could have probably made a difference, it wasn't done. So it just that that energy is still there. That energy energy transfers. Energy don't die unless you kill it. And really, I don't think energy dies. Energy doesn't die. And so, it, I mean, it's uh, it's I just I don't know. Rest in paradise to George Floyd. I'm glad that his family has gotten some a little bit of closure. Um, his brother, one of his brothers is making um, his speech and he was saying, "My," he said, my God, now I'm going to be able to sleep. And it's just a lot of things that we, we take for granted. And I can't imagine one of my family members being the one that, you know, is for the world to see their murder. I just can't, I, I can't imagine that. So um, just want to send all good energy and restoration and peacefulness to that family um, because they have gone through a lot and they really banded together in support of, of, of their, 
their brother, their cousin, their nephew, their their dad. If y'all are in the mental space to do so, um, I'd like to discuss uh, Micaiah's situation. My thoughts are this. A lot of my thoughts are going to be on the mom, but we'll get there because I feel like it was very much so child endangerment. I also feel like dog, the officer, like how, like, okay. So the school officers that break up fights all the time, what if they just started busting each time that, you know, there was a fight or there was a weapon because people be, people be bringing knives and pencils trying to stab people all the time during school fights. That's nothing new. So what if every time that happens, instead of actively trying to break it up or, you know, something of that nature, they just started shooting. Like people were saying that, you know, he had a duty to protect the the girl that she was trying to stab. And I understand that he did have a duty since he was there and that's his, his job. But that does not mean to shoot her four times. Like, why was that your instant reaction? How do you niggas do gun, gun training the whole 16, 13 weeks? Is that the only thing you niggas do the whole time you're there? I mean, y'all are obsessed with this fucking gun. Like, my Lord, you are obsessed with it. Like, it didn't take that. He could have easily grabbed her, threw her to the ground. He could have, I mean, she's a child. Yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. When they first got them tasers, they they was using them tasers a lot when they first (laughs) got them. And then all of a sudden, they was like, "Mm, this ain't tickling my fancy no more. I just want to end the bitch today. So yeah. let me just do that. That's how it felt because it's just like all of a sudden they don't use them no more. But my thing is just like there's other ways to de-escalate situations and de-escalation needs to be like three or four weeks, four weeks of their training. Their training needs to be longer, but they really, really need to start focusing on de-escalation tactics because when they come on scene, they bring they they bring a, a six situation to a 16. Mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. i i just feel like for her parents her foster mom shame the fuck on you shame on you shame mm-hmm. on you and i was trying to figure out why she was so cool calm and collected when she was doing interviews on the crime scene and i said i know you fucking lying like i am i tripping or is she just is this the crime scene and she just I mean, what is happening yeah. here? Why is she why is she handling this this so good? And then I realized that she was a foster mom. And I said, okay, that makes sense. Then I realized that she's the one who made the girl go Let's out see. there and fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your ass should be in jail right along with the cops. That's just how I feel. And then it came out that she wasn't fighting girls. Those were women. Mm-hmm. That was a 28-year-old. That was a 28 year old. Then she said that it was her daughter's fighting. Be- they were fighting over who was going to clean up or something like that. I don't know. It's fishy. She needs to go to jail regardless of whichever lie she said is for. It was for. She needs to go to jail. Yeah. All everybody else that was standing around thinking Involved. that she was cute needs to go to jail too. 
I, the amount of people and especially black men that are justifying that murder is like absolutely disgusting to me. Um, one, I'm never going to side with the police um, ever. Two, the amount of white men who have executed mass shootings with confirmed kills before the police are on the scene who are taken into custody alive and unharmed. There's, there's no way you can ever tell me that the police can't de-escalate a situation. The amount of white men who have shot at the police or came at the police with knives and have been taken into custody unharmed. There's no way you can ever tell me that they can't get to a, a scene and de-escalate when it comes to a Black person. So, I mean, I don't think he was justified at all. And, and what he did, especially her being the one that called. I want them to release the tape and I, they may have, I don't know, maybe I just haven't come across it yet. I really would like to hear what that 911 call consisted of to set the whole scene. Yeah, I'm never gonna side with the police. He was wrong. There was so many other things he could have done. Um, but I feel like when it comes to black lives, Black children don't get the luxury of being children because when Makaya Bryant's news first broke, they were labeling, labeling her as a woman. That's a child. She was just a heavier child. She had a bigger body. But Tamir Rice, like, they don't get the luxury of being children. And that goes back to what you were saying, Sierra, about like these talks we have to have with our babies. Like, that little boy was outside playing with a toy gun, but I see little white kids shooting actual rifles. Um, don't get me started on what's the crazy uh, little boy name that went out and shot some people at a Black Lives Matter protest? Kyle Rittenhouse. Is it Kyle Rittenhouse? Mm-hmm. I don't even have the words, y'all. I don't even have the and there words. And there are people the throwing that in the argument with um, with Micaiah Bryant, talking about, well, when the cops came, like, he complied and put the weapon down or, like, walked backwards to them or whatever. <laughs> Micaiah didn't get that luxury. 13 seconds, he walked up and put four in her chest. So like, all those people who stormed I'm, the Capitol. I'm trying to put myself at the age of 15. If I was fighting four grown women, I would absolutely have a weapon in my hand. And if I'm trying to defend my life, even if he did yell a command in 13 seconds, when I am trying to fight for my life, I'm not going to hear that. He gave her no time at all. Four shots. There is no fixing that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over the police as a but whole. But you know what's crazy? It, it it's always interesting to me to see how they kill us. So if you think about it, he gave this child four shots because they feel like black people are like bionic beings, right? Mm-hmm. That we're all speed. We are, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't feel like we're people. They feel like we are just like these superhumans super that they're inferior to, that they have to, Anytime, any chance they have to knock us down, that's what they're going to do. 
unless he he wouldn't have shot her four times if he didn't think she was just this supernatural being that would have been alive and walking and still trying to kill somebody after one shot. Like, it's just insane. It's giving me very much get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and not the, the part that everybody thinks, the other part, the whole point behind it mm-hmm. part. Rest in peace to her, too. Ooh. All right, ladies. Anybody have anything else on their heart that they like to share or get off their chest or add? No, I would just like to say... Um, Although this may have been a heavy episode, um, it was necessary just to kind of get the conversation started and to get the listeners' um, minds thinking. So I would just like to put that out there. Yeah, like as a podcast with Black women, it's our duty to talk about topics like this. Like it's not a, it's not an option for us to be able to share these views or topics on our podcast or not. That's, it's not an option for us. It's something that we have to do. So I know a lot of people shy away from, from, from politics and and talks like this and they, you know, they don't want to hear it or whatever. They just want to go on with life as if none of this ever exists. Um, But that's not something that we're going to do on this podcast. And if you feel any type of way that we did have this conversation, I feel like I can speak for the, the whole group here and saying that, you know, we would we're thankful for your listens, but we don't we don't need them from you. If you guys would like to kind of chime in, we would love to to hear everyone's perspective and share it next episode. Alrighty, guys. Well, that is our show. As Sierra said, if you'd like to weigh in, you can email us at askbbandb at gmail.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Box Braids and Bundles Pod and Twitter at bbandbpod. And we'll see you back in our chair in two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye.